On this episode of the Breaking the Game podcast, we are joined by world-renowned basketball film director, photographer, and documenterer Kevin Coolio. You're not going to want to miss this interview. Stay tuned. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Breaking the Game Show. I am here with special guest Kevin Coolio, who is a world-renowned basketball film director. He's a photographer and a documentary. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, a little bit cold, uh, but uh, I'm really, really, really well. Uh, I'm glad to be on Breaking the Game. Oh, well, th- we're very glad to have you. Uh, unfortunately, my co-host, Austin Carr, it's Thanksgiving here in the States, right? So he's doing things with his family and stuff like that. My wife has given me, you know, permission to do this. So, uh, you know, I- I'm not going to get in trouble for being here with you this morning. So, um, you know, um, I'm just very excited to have you, Kevin. You've done a lot of it, Thanks. you know, very, you know, just awesome work for lack of a better words. Like I've I've seen a lot of the stuff that you've done and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, how did you get into doing all these things? You know, how, what is it like to meet, you know, all these people and get to work with them? Uh, it, to me, it's just, it just seems incredible, but, um, Thanks. just for the listeners and the audience who may not know a little bit about what you do, do you want to just share some of the things that, that, that it is that you do? Uh, sure. Um, first and foremost, I'm, I'm a basketball player. Um, uh, that's, uh, uh, my passion, you know, like playing basketball. That's what I've been doing since I'm, I'm six years old. Uh, I'm 38 now. Um, and, and basically it, um, it has always had a big impact on my life, uh, obviously on the athletic side, but also on the, my, my professional side on, on what I'm doing as a, um, for a living. Um, and I've been for the past 15 years, uh, documenting basketball, uh, mostly grassroots basketball, uh, from my hometown in, in France, it's a city called Nantes. Um, uh, so I grew up, you know, playing club basketball and outdoor basketball on the playground. And um, so, uh, yeah, I started documenting basketball there. And for the past 15 years, I've, tra- I've been traveling the world to to document playground basketball from New York City to Manila to to countries, you know, in Africa and and, and everything else. And, and so yeah, that's what I've been doing, being a photographer and a, and a filmmaker for the past uh, 15 years, yeah. Excellent. So you're a player. What position would you say that you play? Um, now I'm, I'm playing as a shooting guard mostly. Um, growing up, I was playing point guard a lot. Uh, but the older I got, the, the better I got uh, with my three-point range. And uh, now I'm, I'm a pure shooter. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah. So, I mean... You know, uh, it's interesting. You know, like how our game evolves uh, depending on our age and, and and physical abilities too. You know, because uh, I had to, I had like a ACL injury and everything like that. You know, so it, it has shifted my game a little bit. I understand. Yeah, I'm 30 now. You know, I've been playing since I was about 11. I got into it a little bit later than most, but um, you know, I like to consider myself a little bit of a, you know, kind of a two, three, like shooting guard, mm-hmm. small forward type. But um, you know, I grew up in a very small town, and um, Arkansas is where I'm from originally. And uh, you know, 
I went to a very small community where, you know, at six foot, I was asked to play, you know, the, the four and the five a little bit. So, um, <laughs> you know, then I got to play basketball in bigger communities and I realized, wow, like I'm should not be in the paint as much as I'm comfortable with. So I had to kind of <laughs> change how I play a little bit too. So I can respect and relate to that now. So Kevin, for what I know a little bit about your history. You know, I've, I've watched uh, several interviews that you've done um, for like NBA XL. I, I thought that that interview was um, outstanding. Uh, and I know a little bit about what has been your inspiration. Um, do you just kind of want to share how you got into basketball and photography and like how that kind of shaped, you know, who you are today? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so, so, you know, like growing up uh, playing basketball and also doing skateboarding, um, has influenced me a lot, you know, because uh, my my older brother was um, a professional skateboarder, um, and he was also a filmmaker. And uh, it started really young, really early for him. At 16 years old, he was already traveling the world to uh, to do con- skateboarding contests, you know, and um, and he was also filming at the same time. So I would uh, see him, you know. Uh, in my home, you know, in our home, you know, like uh, edit edit videos, you know, of from old like VHS recorders and like the old school way, you know. And, yeah. Uh, it would f- not force me, but I would automatically, you know, like uh, watch all the skateboarding videos, and because his friends were always there, and uh, um, there there's a specific, you know, approach to to filmmaking and photography and skateboarding because this is what they they use to promote themselves, and you know, like they always. Uh, rely on on this this um this content to find sponsors and and you know uh so it's it's a really interesting industry on on that side and and me i was doing a little bit of skateboarding but basketball was my main sport so i was always you know like comparing like why in basketball we don't bring a a video camera on the court why we don't have a photographer with us when we go we go play outdoors um so you know like uh, in, maybe in the span of, of 10 years, you know, like the idea like grew in my mind. And uh, when I got my first camera in 2004, uh, I started uh, shooting my friends on my playground because some of them like had like a unique style. And uh, one of my friends called Hervé was jumping so high with so much like graceness, you know, and uh, it was so graceful. Um, that that that's why that's what pushed me to 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 start documenting playground basketball is the the aesthetic of of my friends uh, you know playing and and the aesthetic of the the playgrounds too. Excellent. So you so starting off with you know kind of like that skateboarding aspect and you know the mm-hmm. the love that your brother had for that and obviously you had a little bit of love for it too. But basketball was a bigger part, right? So yeah. Do did you see anything between the two sports that kind of segued you into thinking like, wow, I could really do something with basketball the way that these, you know, um, you know, you know, directors and photographers do with uh, skateboarding. Yeah, definitely. There are, I think, multiple factors, um, especially when you, when you, uh, you take account uh, only like playground basketball. I think it's a, it's a global culture and it's a, it's a movement into itself also like skateboarding is. Um, because you know, in skateboard, they travel to to places around the world to find like skate spots. Uh, depending on the architecture, you know, it, it's more or less creative. But uh, uh, the whole concept of of going on a skateboard trip, you know, with friends, it is about that. You know, like going to one place, hunting for the best spot. 
like like in surfing too um and in basketball in playground basketball is more or less the same you know but usually people do it uh within the same city like let's say new york city that was the, the that's uh, what they used to do uh play in, in, against guys in the bronx or in queens and in brooklyn um but but i really like the the global approach to it and say okay i'm gonna go to spain to to find out what's what's the best basketball court and and how the guys are playing over there i'm going to go to greece i'm going to go to new york city um so that's that's what i found find similar you know with skateboarding culture with basketball is that we also have this subculture of playground uh, curiosity that where where we can explore the world and find spots like skateboarders find skate spots okay so that that's an interesting concept right mm. I, i've never really thought of basketball in the same light as you know skateboarding and surfing and things like that but the way you just kind of painted that out for me makes a lot of sense so when you've traveled to all these you know different geographical locations and things like that have you noticed that specific cities and countries have their own style of play compared to other styles in the world or do you feel like you know the game kind of travels the same regardless of where it's played um the game travels the same it's just that the, um you know the uh, the level will obviously you know like uh be different you know um and and because it has also a link with the the amount of exposure you have to to professional basketball and to the, the to good basketball um let's say in, in in china or you know in hong kong for example you have amazing course the most beautiful course in the world to me uh so many people playing um but the level of intensity they they, they have you know when they play is nothing compared to what you find in the states or in europe so um yeah, i think it's just uh, sometimes about cu the culture and how the game mm -hmm. has been um, been raised there you know uh, but it's evolving you know uh, in africa is the same in africa they, they're just lack of, of coaching and fundamentals uh, because of the, the lack of people to, to, to teach these people, you know. So, mm -hmm. but, it, but it's evolving. It's evolving uh, depending on where you are around the world. Um, that's, yeah. yeah, that's excellent. I, you know, and, and you kind of see that too whenever, um, it's particularly in the NBA, right, where we have, you know, the best athletes in the world and you have, you know, these players coming from Africa you know, like Pascal Siakam, you know, Bam Adebayo, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is of African descent, played in Greece, right? Um, and then you had guys like uh, E.G. and Lian who came over from China, Yao Ming, and, yeah. you know, their games are very different, you know? I mean, it's the same concept, right? Like dribble, pass, shoot, def defend, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, it's interesting. I'm, and I'm sure you've seen firsthand, you know, the way that the cultural – you know, influence that each country provides to the game is just completely yeah. different. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you know, like in Europe, for example, we always had like a team basketball uh, game, you know, like we're all mm -hmm. about passing and, and the same picks and, and, you know, the, bo the ball is always in motion. And, and even within Europe, uh, if you go to to Spain, to Greece, you know, like the, even that there, their culture is even more about passing the ball and then always moving and, uh, it's super interesting because uh, the game is played differently, uh, but it's the same game, you know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the the main difference I would see with the states is um, sometimes the intensity, of course, but um, there, there's a um, 
an entertaining approach of, of outdoor basketball in the States. So you guys have a lot of funny games, you know, 21 or taps and, you know, all these, these specialty games that, that are recreational stuff, you know, um, that we don't really do in Europe because we never got taught these, these things and we never learned that, oh, we are like seven, we can play 21. <laughs> what is 21 <laughs> you know like we growing up i didn't know 21 uh okay. i would have loved to 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 play like this massive one-on-one -on -one with my friends you know <laughs> yeah um, because i think it, it, it learns you you learn from these games you know um, that's the main difference you know like some stuff like that didn't really travel overseas Okay. Yeah. And 21, I mean, it, it's an interesting and fun game, right? Because it's like, if you don't have enough people to play a full pickup game, you yeah. can say, all right, let me work on my individual skill set against my friends, you know, and, and yeah. try some things that in a real game, I probably wouldn't ever really attempt to do. So that's interesting. And, and it's just enlightening, you know, to someone like me who just, you know, obviously is from the States to be able to hear that, you know, certain aspects of the game that I've grew up playing, you know, don't exist in other parts of the world. It's pretty interesting. So, Kevin, you touched on the city of New York, um, yeah. obviously in France, right? Uh, what is the the view that you know that you know people in Europe typically will have of a New York City in in regards to basketball? Um, the worst NBA team? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a Knicks no. fan, so you're not hurting no. my feelings. But no, yeah. no, that, that's a, it, it's a shame. But uh, no, I think. Um, New York has always had a lot of influence on European people uh, for for multiple reasons. Uh, of course, the the, the basketball culture, uh, NBA and streetball culture, uh, the music, you know, in, uh, New York City, East Coast hip hop, uh, Paris, for example, and France in general is a big country in hip hop. So we we've, we've always been super influenced by by New York City in that regard. Um, but but just on on the basketball side, I think uh, New York's uh, aura is just like massive and and as an influence on the rest of the world. You know, we look up at New York City more so than than LA, for example, when it comes to basketball, because that's everybody knows where the culture comes from and uh, the swag of of the game. You know, uh, I mean. I grew up watching uh, Soul in the Hall and 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 uh, you know like Rebound, The Legend of All Money Good, and you know like stuff like that. And I think mm -hmm. um, and of course in the skateboarding world, you know like the New York uh, era and all this stuff had a big impact on on my my perception of of New York City and and the game. So okay. yeah, so yeah, New York City I think is a uh, is like this concentration of of a lot of uh, influences. Yeah, that's interesting. I myself, you know, I, I'm from, you know, southern, you know, the southern part of the United States. I, mm -hmm. I've never really been to New York City, but even still, like, um, you know, even for someone like myself, I, you know, I understand the importance that New York has to not only just basketball, but just cultural, cultural influences in general. Right. Um, and even though, you know, the New York Knicks aren't really doing that well, you still even see like the Brooklyn has a basketball team now and they're starting to develop and look like they're going to be kind of a formidable opponent in the NBA. Uh, and you touched on how, you know, New York has influenced you in particular uh, as a film director, you've done projects like, you know, doing it in the park. 
um, which touches on kind of that pickup aspect of basketball and how that influences um, New York in general. What kind of things did you learn in doing that type of project? Um, I mean, I learned a lot. Um, it was super interesting because doing it in a park was my first feature film. Um, uh, it's a lot of hard work, you know, to to because we we spent uh, two consecutive summers uh, doing the uh, shooting the film, uh, 2010 and 2011. Uh, so it was a lot of footage, a lot of interviews to go through. Um, so we spent a lot of time, you know, like. Uh, writing uh, the film we spent a lot of time uh, uh, getting out everything and, and editing the film um, so um, I mean it's it's a process it's a long process you know it's a two years or three years of your life uh, dedicating on one project and and uh, uh, yeah I, I learned that that the, I learned the, the amount of time you need to do these, these kind of films. Um, regarding New York City, I learned a lot of things. You know, it's like being on the bicycle with basketball, going through the the, the five boroughs with, with uh, a camera. You know, it, um, it was maybe the best experience of my life. Excellent. Yeah. And on your website, the KevinCulio.com, where you have a lot of, you know, your the work that you've done, um, that's on there. And you also have a project called Heart and Soul of New York City. Yeah. Uh, was that done kind of in correlation with doing it in the park or was that a completely separate project in of itself? So that was my first video project in New York City, a serious video project. Um, it was the, a year before. Um, so I spent the full summer 2009 uh, documenting street ball in, in, um, in Brooklyn, Manhattan and Harlem, essentially. Um, because it was a project for a German basketball brand called K1X, uh, okay. which uh, I used to work for before as a uh, marketing and, and sales manager uh, in France. And um, I quit my that job in 2009 to dedicate fully to, to video and photo. Uh, so I went to New York City and, and they asked me to do a film about uh, New York City, a summer of New York City streetball uh, for this rapper called uh, Red Cafe. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I spent most of my nights, you know, uh, on on the, the, the local tournaments in Harlem, like uh, together we chill. And we went. There was one called Lower Manhattan Classic too. Uh, there was one in Brooklyn. Um, and yeah, I would basically be totally um, emerge, you know, in that culture and film and and live my 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 dream, you know. Um, so in the end, we did the edit, the edit and this film uh, had a lot of success online, which was quite unexpected. Uh, and it, it was my, my really first start as a, as a filmmaker, you know, and uh, Bobby Todd saw the video and that's how we, we kicked in for doing it in a park. Excellent. So was there anything outside the world of basketball, you know, that really captured, you know, your imagination and attention? in New York, you know, just even outside of basketball. I know that that's a big part of what you do, but, you know, in, in traveling to the States, what were some of the other aspects of, of the culture that, that, um, that maybe influenced your, you, you or that you just, you know, found interesting? Uh, I mean, just regarding New York city, just the, 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 the city itself, how, how cinematic is the city, uh, the light is so special in New York City, which is uh, really interesting. Uh, uh, New York City and even LA have different lights. It's kind of kind of weird. It's it's tough to explain, but you know when you you 
a, to me, a summer in New York City is so unique. You know, a lot of people don't want to be in New York City during the summer because it's super super hot and and you know, like they they tend to escape the city. But uh, me, that's my my favorite time of the year, being in in New York City during summer because you see so many beautiful lights coming through the buildings and um, it creates a yeah super cinematic uh, scenes. Um, so just the city itself, you know, it inspires me on a daily basis, you know, and, and I wish I was living there right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could imagine, you know, and plus like the, you know, even from from the outside looking in, you know, I've never been, but, you know, you watch any anytime you watch a movie or, you know, listening to music, you can almost just kind of like feel the energy that's put off from from a city like that. And that's something that kind of is intriguing to me from someone who's from a, you know, small town. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, pretty cool. that's pretty cool so kevin i want to talk to you a little bit about um the photography part of what you do you mm -hmm. have done a number of great collections uh on your website even you know i've looked at them and i love them and this is coming from someone who's not like super artistic my wife is and she loved your work by the way she wanted me to Thanks. let you know that she loved your work <laughs> um, as someone who just loves basketball right i i can appreciate what what you've done um you know i'm looking through here uh, the park is my church. I found that one to be pretty interesting because, and I've heard this on several interviews that you've done too, that basketball to you like has a, a religious aspect to it, like a spirituality almost, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and even myself, you know, playing basketball, you know, growing up, you know, white guy from a small town in Arkansas, uh, you can go to a basketball court and play with someone from a completely different background and, um, you know, upbringing from yourself and, you're just brothers on the basketball court. And, and I love that so much about the game. Um, and, and I think that that kind of feeds into what you were, were speaking about in your interviews and what you captured on these pictures, right? Um, for the park is my church. Can you just kind of explain a little bit about, um, kind of your influence for that? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, you know, it's uh, this name, the park is my church came when we were doing, uh, the film doing it in a park with Bobito because we, we felt the same way about what the court has brought to us, you know, as human beings um, and what, the, what it represents. Um, you know, as basketball players, we spend so much time, you know, training and going on the court. And, and quite often you find uh, yourself uh, alone, you know, on these courts. You're just shooting by yourself and, uh, and it's, a, it's a way of, of basically... Uh, um, it's not praying, but more or less, you know, it's something like where you basically cut yourself out of the, the rest of the world and you're just uh, yourself and the hoop and, and you're, the only goal for you is just to, to, to communicate with it, you know. And, uh, and I think that's what I, I'm trying to, to crystallize with, with my photos is that the, the, the basketball court is, is um, almost like a temple, a sort of sanctuary um, for, for, for all of us, you know. Every ball player who wants to 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 get rid of a of a pain or sadness or something is wrong in his life you know he goes to the court and everything is is forgotten instantly for that that very own moment um and and there's also you know like the architecture component to to that you know because uh, of course a church is beautiful a mosque is beautiful and it's a, it's a beautiful piece of architecture um but basketball court is, is beautiful in that that same spirit too um it's, uh, you know, often located at the middle of a neighborhood. Uh, it can be colorful. Uh, the, the hoop has different shapes, different materials. Uh, 
different uh, poles uh, holding the hoop. Uh, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of things to to take into account, and uh, that's what I like. You know, it's like visiting a church uh, in Rome or a church in the States. You know, it's different, mm -hmm. but still, everybody goes there and and and. To, to communicate with, with with a certain god you know <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not a religious person but um, uh if if i had to be a religious person my my my, my god would be james naismith or the hoop i don't know but <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. and and myself i am you know i am a religious person you know but um i i do appreciate you know kind of how entrenched you know like we can be when we're on the basketball court like even the sounds right like even if yeah. you're even like you mentioned even if you're alone right and you're you know you're having a bad day you're going through a tough time just something about the sound of a basketball you know bouncing off of a hardwood or an asphalt or you know going through a net or a chain or even you know even if you miss a shot i don't know if you ever miss shots kevin i do every once I do, in a while I do, right? I do. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what it sounds like when it bounces yeah. off like a double rim or, <laughs> or something like that you know it, it kind of like lets you know like hey you know you you did something wrong here right like it, <laughs> it's very unforgiving when you miss sometimes but um yeah. i do appreciate what you captured in that one um now the book of Giannis, and this is one i want to touch on Mm -hmm. uh, because Giannis could be leaving Milwaukee here soon, right? Uh, he has to sign his Supermax. We don't know what he's going to do, but um, could be going to Miami. Uh, it may yeah. be sad for some people, but uh, mm -hmm. what was it like working with Giannis? Uh, from what I've seen, you know, you've actually spent, you know, some time with him in his homeland and uh, got to experience some things with him. What was working with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo like? It was amazing, man. Um, the, the the great thing about that it uh, it happened the year before he got the MVP, uh, so he was still accessible. I think you know, uh, yeah. even in in his homeland, you know, of course he's a local guy. You know, everybody knows him, um, and he was an NBA star. But now, like now that he has passed this, you know, like superstar level and superstar, you know, like. Uh, label um mm -hmm. even when he gets back he goes back to his homeland it's uh, now like he's, he's uh, <laughs> it's a different story but uh we had the, the chance uh to spend a week with him uh with uh, the agency widen and kennedy to prepare the um, this book of yanis which is something nike used internally to uh, to tell the story of yanis to prepare the the shoe design and the story they were about to launch for the shoe um so yeah we spent a week with him and uh he showed us his home court the playground where he grew up with his brother he showed us the, the gym where he started basketball um he, he showed us the church where he used to go uh the bar that is located in front of the playground that where the guy used to feed uh feed them you know uh it, it was really interesting because he's a humble guy the, the whole family is super humble um and as a photo on a, a photographist standpoint is uh is just like so impressive like i've never seen an athlete like that you know he's he's yeah he's so athletic so quick so mobile you know and uh, uh for me it was just insane you know because you know let's say in in the gym when we were doing some photos at some point you know it just in one euro step you would go from one side of the paint to the other you know <laughs> right <laughs> which is it's so real you know <laughs> Yeah, so, being seven feet tall with a handle, you know, turns out is a yeah. pretty useful skill to have, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, but no, it's. Um, I think you know, it's pretty rare, you know, that we photographers have the chance to to spend time with NBA players like that, you know, and 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 tell their their story on the local, 
uh, the local story, you know, where, where they come from. It's uh, pretty rare. And, uh, and I wish more brands were doing that because we, I think it helps a lot to understand the guys, you know, and where they come from. Uh, and it helps build the story for these obvious of these athletes too. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll yeah, see I could see how, you know, if you were to go to Milwaukee and shoot with them, you know, it may feel mm -hmm. a little less, um, organic. It may be a little bit more forced, you know, um, yeah. whereas, you know, in his home, in his homeland, right. You know, he's, he's Giannis, you know, he's not the Greek freak, you know, no, yeah. nobody would, I'm sure he doesn't really ever get called the Greek freak in his homeland. Right. Like that's just, yeah, no, no, they, they, they use it. They, they use it. Do they? Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they wow. use it. yeah, of course, of course. But, um, but no, of course they call, call him Giannis, uh, but, but, but it's definitely a different, uh, thing to, to, to see him, you know, in that environment with all the, the Greek people, you know, and, and it's a different vibe. It's, uh, it's quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that, you know, it's rare to get an opportunity to work with people like that. But Kevin, you know, I got to be honest with you. I'm looking at the the attack of the name game, uh, you know, collection that you have right now. And I mean, if that's rare, you've got you've got quite a collection. I'm looking at guys like Victor Aladipo, Jabari Parker. I mean, former, you know, United States President Barack Obama. What? And again, I've listened to interviews with you, so I know how, you know, I've, I've listened to you express, you know, what it was like to work with projects like that. But just for the sake of my, you know, my audience, you know, please indulge me here. What was it like to be able to work with a, a former United States president, you know, with the I, I believe he was doing the um, the Giants of Africa project, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, just to, to tell about the context, you know, I've been I've been working with um, Giants of Africa for for the past four five years, five years. Uh, so it's the, the non-profit of Masai Ujiri, the GM of the Toronto Raptors. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's, you know, it's just uh, volunteer work I've been doing for four or five years. And, and uh, you know, you never know where it leads you, you know. Uh, I've been super lucky to, to, to help them and travel around the continent, around Africa, you know, uh, in, in so many countries just to, to shoot basketball camps. And, um, and you know, Masai is... Um, is such a, a great guy that wants to do so many things in in his homeland and the continent that he, he and of course he is successful in the nba world um, yeah, so correct yes pe people like barack obama you know noticed that and they they became friends so um, the thing that happened is that barack has a half sister in kenya that owns a non-profit uh that is that is doing education for uh, unprivileged kids Oh, that's neat. And um, yeah, so the, the the partnership started like that, you know. Um, Omar Obama, which is uh, his half sister, um, basically talked with with Masai to build a basketball court, uh, which was designed by uh, Wilson Duong, the creative director of the of Giants of Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, I helped a little bit on design, but uh, I wasn't the guy behind the computer to, to fully design it. <laughs> but you had a hand uh, in it, which is pretty neat. Yeah, and um, so we we designed that court, uh, which had the rooftop and everything. And um, and and Barack Obama came to integrate the court uh, while he was in Kenya for to visit the the, the grave of his of his father. Uh, which was surreal uh, because, you know, it's a uh, former president of the United States who comes, uh, CIA and secret services are here to protect him. Uh, mm -hmm. Lots of protocol and, and uh, it's uh, small people. I was the only guy, photog only photographer who was like near Barack Obama during the event. There was another photographer, but couldn't be as close as I was. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it meant the world because, you know, um, what's, what Obama stands for in the basketball culture, you know, and, and for us, I think it's uh, pretty unique. Uh, uh, seeing a president of the United States or even any president, you know, playing basketball mm-hmm. the way he does and, and, and being able to express express his love for the game the, the, the same way that we do, I think it's amazing. You know, he's always on point and um the the stuff he said during this this uh, inauguration you know about basketball and what the game has brought to him was quite surreal yeah absolutely um i i mean that in itself like that would be like a a highlight moment of i think of anybody's life you know and you know the the exclusive access that you had i'm sure that you know that that meant that meant a lot to you to be able to to do a project like that yeah so i'm looking right now still um you know, obviously, um, we we lost a, a legend in the basketball community um, very recently. You know that of Kobe Bryant, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking at a, a you know a photograph in particular right now. It looks like he's sitting on a roof, and there's you know statues yeah. behind him. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, how you you know maybe got to be the you know the one to be able to do a shoot with um, Kobe Bryant and what that process yeah. looked in your interaction with? So you know, Kobe Kobe came to 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 Paris uh, a few years ago, and um, and yeah, I mean, I work with Nike a lot on on photo shoots, and um, and you know, thanks to all this work of dedication, you know, like uh, I managed to 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 get clients like Nike, and uh, and and Kobe, yeah, came came for a few days in Paris. So I was in charge of following him around, you know, um, mm-hmm. and we we ended up on on a rooftop that was like a. Uh, more a commercial shoot that was organized for him with a different photographer and i just followed him and, and managed to shoot all these uh, these like profiles of portraits you know mm-hmm. um and i did a lot of other photos of him you know going to the psg to meet neymar and, and kylian mbappe uh you know it was quite a quite a great experience because you know i've always been like a a kobe fan and uh i've, I've been playing with his shoes forever um <laughs> yeah uh, which yeah the is, mamba uh, yeah exactly and, and just being around him and seeing him like sharing his knowledge you know uh, when he was training the kids in paris and it was so impressive to 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 see him you know like and take the time to teach the game you know that's mm-hmm. uh, that's the most impressive thing and with the medias he answered medias in like two or three different languages italian spanish english mm-hmm. a little bit of french you know every media he was answering the medias in a different language so it just shows how brilliant the guy was (laughs) absolutely i mean you hear stories about him you know even people uh who haven't interacted with him much you hear how he was with you know treating people who weren't just you know um you know media personalities you know security guards it was you know people who worked the concessions and stuff like that like everybody always said that kobe for as much ferocity as he brings on the court you know and and to be an opponent of his is probably no fun you know jalen rose talks about it all the time every time yeah. he brings up kobe bryant right but sure. from all accounts right uh you know the the person of kobe bryant you know i've never really heard or met anybody who really has a whole lot of negative things to say about him and um you know i'm, I'm sure you know and and after he retired right he wanted to give so much back to the world of basketball you know the work that he did for you know the WNBA because you know his daughter was aspiring to, you know, to, to be a professional athlete like, yeah. like her daddy. Right. So, um, 
um, I, I'm sure that that was a privilege and an honor, right, to be able to Definitely. to work yeah, with it him. Was, yeah, it was. You know, it's uh, pretty rare, you know, to to meet the the gods of all sports. You know, in some ways, you know, uh, it's uh, yeah. In the span of the same year, I got to to shoot Kobe and Barack Obama, which was quite surreal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I said, I'm sure that that was just. You know, what do moments like that mean to you, Kevin? Do you ever feel like, wow, I made it? Or do you just feel like, man, this this is a very humbling experience? Or is it somewhere in the middle, you know? Um, I never really think about about it like that, the, the how uh, or the, the wow, I made it, you know? Right. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, because I've never really, I never really grew as a fan of people. I never really uh, grew as um a kind of photographer who, who sets goals, you know, I never really say, okay, my goal is to shoot, uh, I don't know, uh, LeBron James. Mm -hmm. uh, Which you have I, I, Yeah, yeah, but, but I don't, honestly don't don't really care about the celebrities much. Uh, I think uh, what I care about what they bring to the game, uh, culturally and, and mm -hmm. their impact on the game itself, that's what I, I enjoy the most, you know, than, than the name, you know. Uh, and that's what why my, my my photography has been so focused on on uh, unknown people, you know, and and communities and people playing basketball around the world. Is that uh, I'm more interested interested in in what um, the game is bringing bringing to people than than the the, the, the famous the fame, you know, around it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that comes across in a lot of the works that you've done, like um, in the collection that you have, Rise, and even you know, Out of Bounds, where you're just you know, capturing the beauty of the courts and capturing the, the beauty, the beauty of the community surrounding, um, you know, those areas. And, and that really does come across. And, you know, Kevin, by all, account, by all accounts, you know, in the short time that I've interacted with you, you know, you don't really ever come across as, as a guy that's like, oh, wow, I made it type guy. Like you're a very, <laughs> very humble guy and, and you're very personable, too, which and, and that comes across in the work that you do as well. Thanks. Absolutely. So, so Kevin, I just got a, a couple more questions. Um, one is you, you mentioned that you've been a game of the basketball, I believe you said since six years old, correct? So, um, yeah. and, and you've said that you're 38 now I'm 30. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting up there, you know, with you, I'm trying to catch <laughs> up, right? But, um, you know, obviously the game in of itself has, has changed so much, you know, the emphasis of, you know, spreading the court open and, and shooting the ball as opposed to, you know, packing the paint and, you know, trying to and trying to just force the ball in the hoop. Right. And playing no. just pick up, you know, arm check defense. Right. No. Are there any aspects of the game that you have enjoyed seeing, like be implemented more and more? Or do you still kind of feel nostalgic when you go back and see like, you know, late 80s, early 90s basketball? Um, I guess what which era yeah. is kind of favored if you have one? Um, I, I think I think on 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 some level, uh, what I enjoy is, is is seeing you know teams playing more team ball. You know, in the NBA right now, uh, mm -hmm. understanding the value of what the Spurs and and the Raptors or you know like teams like that have brought to the table. You know, playing like unselfish basketball where there is no star and and the ball is moving. I think I think a lot of NBA teams have understood that now. Mm -hmm. um so they're trying to build their roster accordingly um i love the fact that that guys are shooting a lot of threes i think it's, it's great to see the the evolution of of uh, 
the the NBA of the game itself. You know, it's like uh, in skateboarding. You know, like the skateboarding world has evolved so much. You know, like uh, kids are now doing stuff that in the '90s were unthinkable, mm-hmm. uh, and they are they are just so talented because they are even more creative than than what we were in the '90s. Um, what what I what I think was better in the '90s uh, was the the respect of the rules of the game, uh, mm-hmm. what the travel was, what uh, <laughs> yes, ca- no, but I think it's important the travel, the carry. Uh, guys are carrying the ball all the time, which is super mm-hmm. annoying. Um, these you know like James, we let James Harden do these these like triple step backs, uh, which should be called all the time. Um, because he doesn't need that to be an excellent scorer. He's good right. enough, you know. Um, and, and I think that's the kind of stuff that annoys me in today's game, you know, just because for the sake of entertainment, you know, uh, guys who are traveling, doing like five steps to in, in, in fast break, you know, just to, to, to put a layup. Um, this kind of stuff, I think, should, should, be, should be, you know, like more like cold. And, um, and what I don't really like, it's more on the global perspective, is that basketball is one of the few sports that has different rules depending on which continent you are in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the FIBA versus the NBA rules, the college in the States versus the NBA and everything. And I think it's it should be the same rules for everybody. Same size of court, same same thing, you know, um, mm-hmm. because that, to me it's... Um, it's creating the, this this blurry zone where we are, you know, in uh, international competitions, you know, and, and and the game in Europe is not the same in, in, than in the States because of the difference of rules. Uh, we don't we don't have illegal defense in Europe. We don't have all these things. So the game is more. And the goaltending rule is a lot different too. Right? Yeah, goaltending is different. You know, and, and when you look at at soccer, for example, which is the the most popular sport in the world, right. Soccer is just one set of rules that are uh, universal, and, and I think I think it helps, you know, uh, promote the sport and it helps make the sport more popular if everybody around the world plays with the same rules. I can see that, and you see it even in the states, right? You mentioned the college basketball compared to the NBA. Um, you you see guys struggle in college who go to the NBA and do a lot better because of that, you know, the rule changes and vice versa. You know, you see guys who are super successful in college, but struggle in the NBA because, you know, the game is kind of catered a little bit to what, what they're better at. So um, you, you definitely see that. And especially too, I think, I think the NBA would benefit a lot from the, from the adopting the European goaltending rule. I really do. I think that you would see, um, a lot of players thrive more. One thing that I wish the NBA would bring back is with all of the advantage kind of tilting towards the offense, you know, bring back the bring back being able to put a hand on a guy's hip or a forearm on the guy's hip a little bit just to be able I agree. to steer yeah. him a little bit. So no, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Kevin, last one I have for you before we close <laughs> today, brother. Um uh, France has had a lot of, you know, really talented NBA players. Um who are some of the who are some of the guys that you that you like in the NBA? It doesn't obviously doesn't have to be just you know a, a French descent, right? But who are some of the favorite players that that you had in the NBA? Uh, the current NBA? Uh, sure. Or or along the line of just growing to love the game, like maybe who it was when you started, and who and maybe who it is today. Hmm. Uh, growing up, I mean, obviously, I was an MJ fan, like everybody, and and I think. Um, you know, I had these, these these tapes, the Michael Jordan playground, the come come fly with me, 
Michael mm-hmm. Jordan's airtime. So yeah. these were the, the only three basketball tapes I had at home. So I was watching these, like, you know, rewind and everything to look how MJ was moving his, his feet. And um, that's how I learned the game, you know, basically watching MJ. Uh, but I, I never got so as athletic as him. Um, but um, but I was I was also a big Scotty Pippen fan. I think he was he, he was graceful and, and, and great guy, great player. Um, I mean, a great player, not a great guy, but a great player. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've heard the stories of Scotty. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now in the the most more recent NBA, I I kind of like guys like Clay Thompson. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. what I so sound fundamentally you know and so good in everything they do uh, i think it's uh it's great to see guys like that in the nba too you know uh who are able to to score like 40 points with just two dribbles mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> uh, kind of unselfish at the same time too right yeah exactly um but like there are so many players that i enjoy to watch you know uh it's uh it's tough you know especially in the young ones you see like guys now uh, but um, yeah, I've never been a, a LeBron James fan uh, because he, he never really inspired me. Uh, on the, the style of play, he has mm-hmm. never really inspired me because it's pretty. It's super hard to relate to his game, you know, because yeah. he's he's just, he's just like so physical and so athletic. It's uh, it's out of this world. I mean, he's so good, but uh, who can compare himself to LeBron James? <laughs> that's a good point, and I think yeah. that that's where a lot of people kind of struggle to be like no one can identify with him like we've seen a, a bunch yeah. of guys come out of the college world who are more like steph curry than lebron james even though you yeah. could probably argue that lebron is the the better player of the two right um yeah. and real quick you mentioned scotty pippen I, i'm a fan of his i actually attended um the university of central arkansas which is where he went to college yeah. he's from he's from arkansas too so you know he gives people like me hope you know from a you know least you know a lesser popular state in the united states right um kevin before i let you get out of here we talked a little bit um offline about this uh you can't give any specifics you know because you have a lot of you know um confidentiality that goes along with the work that you do but um anything in the works the um as far as you know projects that you have coming along yeah um so multiple things uh first you know i i run a small magazine called asphalt chronicles um which is an independent magazine where i basically tell the story of one one city at a time, the playground basketball stories, where to play, who are the local legends. Um, I'm doing a reprint of the first two issues uh, pretty soon, which are about Manila and uh, Dakar in Senegal. Um, so this is coming soon. Um, and besides that, I'm working on a sort of a sequel of the Internet Park in, in form of a documentary series. Uh, so this is uh, yeah, uh, in negotiations right now. Uh, and then I'm working on a book about basketball in uh, in Hong Kong. Oh, excellent stuff! Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it, everything is work in progress. So, hopefully, uh, 2021, uh, some of of it will will be released. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get a couple of copies of uh, the Asphalt <laughs> Chronicles because I have, um, you know, I got a buddy of mine who uh, he does the Hardwood Herald. Um, it's a, he, he just started up. I'm starting to collect basketball magazines. I have a couple nice. of slams as well. So I'm definitely going to have to, you know, order a copy of the Asphalt Chronicles. But, um, nice. Kevin, I just want to thank you so much for, um, you know, giving us a little bit of time here. It's a little bit earlier in the day, which is fine. You know, I, I don't mind getting up. Like I said, I'm married and I got kids, you know, I don't know what it's like to sleep in anymore. 
But yeah, um, I see, I see the sun rising behind you. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a beautiful day here in Kings Bay, Georgia. But um, I just again thank you so much, Kevin. You, um, I I appreciate how personable and accessible you've been to me, and um, you know, just the amount of we've done a lot of communicating to to make this happen, and I just appreciate you know all the all the time and you know energy that you've that you've given me today. Um, I just want to encourage the um, listeners that. If you want to follow Kevin, he is actually on Twitter at Asphalt Chronicles, correct? That's uh, yeah. Your, I'm not your... I'm not so much on Twitter, but uh, on Instagram is the best way to find me. Yeah, Asphalt Chronicles on Instagram. Okay, yeah, I'm more so on Twitter, but I do have an Instagram, so I'm gonna have to go in there and add you now, and I'm gonna have to <laughs> be right. more I'm gonna have to be more active on there. But yeah, go and follow Kevin on both platforms at Asphalt Chronicles. As for myself, um, again, Austin wasn't here today, but you know, it was awesome being able to have, you know, Kevin, who's just a renowned basketball film, you know, director, uh, documenter and, and photographer. Um, if you like the show, please uh, share, like, subscribe and follow. You can follow me on Twitter at Stephen BTG, which stands for Breaking the Game, the name of the show. You can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at BTG NBA pod. Um, Kevin, do you got anything that you want to say before we go? Uh, no, I mean, if you're from Arkansas, you should you should uh, check my my friend Yasin Tumi, who just signed with the University of Arkansas. Uh, you said Yasin Tumi. Yasin Tumi, yeah, is uh, a French Arabic kid who who was starting the, this week, I think, playing with them. Uh, yeah, young prospect. Uh, yeah, keep an eye on him. <laughs> oh yes, sir. You you got my attention. I'm definitely going to follow him now. Thank you for turning me on to him for real. I appreciate that, Kevin. All right, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, As for you, the viewer and listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in and supporting the show. Uh, You know, just stay tuned. We'll be back to our regular programming after this Thanksgiving uh, break. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody.